are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week, and a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight in the Smoothie King Center. We'll preview that game at the end of today's show, but before we get into into that couple of topics I want to dive into. First and foremost, Zion has been impressive to say the least so far this year, but could he get a little bit better and what do you want to see him work on? We'll touch on that in the first spot of today's show. And then I want to get into looking ahead to the draft particularly this Lakers pick, because I have seen a little bit of confusion around that. And what might the Pelicans be looking at in the NBA draft coming up later in the summer? So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. So when watching Zion Williamson play, it's it's tough not to be impressed, right? Like the guy is just so good and doing things that we shouldn't be seeing in the NBA and he's succeeding at it. It's awesome. But there's always a little bit of room for improvement. And this is nitpicking to a certain degree, I think, but it's worth considering for the future with him. And this question comes from Joshua Johnson, who asked this of me on Twitter. It's at St. JMJ is his Twitter handle. And I thought it was a really good question. And... The question is basically, what would you like to see Zion develop in the future? Would you like to see Zion develop a mid-range game or a three-point shot? Obviously, we'd love both, but if you had to choose one to develop now, which would it be? You know, I said this on WWL radio the other day when I was talking to Bobby Hebert, and it was like, oh, imagine what he does when he adds more to his game. Zion doesn't need to add anything else to his game, at least right now, because he's still that dominant and he's doing all of this. You know, I look at Giannis and people are like, oh man, if he ever gets a three-point shot, if he becomes a consistent shooter, what's going to stop him? He's already unstoppable. He's a two-time MVP. He, he legitimately doesn't necessarily need that stuff. Same for Ben Simmons, right? Who you're going to see tonight. He doesn't need a three-point shot. Look at the things he's doing. Just kind of appreciate him as a player. And that's true to a degree for Zion. But Zion's young. He's likely to add more to his game. So would you prefer a mid-range game or a three-point shot? You know, I think this kind of comes down to it's a jumper in general, right? You want him to be able to get shots off away from the rim a whole lot easier than he is doing it right now. A three, if you have to pick one of the two, I'd, I'd prefer a three-point shot. That's what you want. That's what you want everyone to kind of develop, um, basically, in the NBA. Like, who would, is there one player you don't want to have a three-point shot? don't think so. So with, with Zion, I think a three-point shot's important because, and you saw this really, and this is why I wanted to answer this question, against the Brooklyn Nets, they ran a zone for a period of time in the second half, and it really did stop New Orleans, at least their offense, in their tracks. And that is a bit of a problem. You saw Zion with the ball on the perimeter and them just wall, walling off the rim, and it kind of worked. There was just no room for him to go. And he wasn't even really to, able to drive and try and attack. And they were sagging so far off of him. The only way you're going to get teams to stop doing that to a degree is by draining threes. His shot's not terrible. It's very slow to develop, certainly. And not something that NBA teams right now are going to really guard him on. But 
if he were to develop a three-point shot and a jumper like, say, Embiid has, and you'll see Embiid take threes in this game tonight, you'll also see when they play the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns taking threes. If he's capable of developing a three-point shot like those big men do, there's going to be no stopping him. You have to then guard him a little bit more on the perimeter and, and run out on him. Otherwise, he's going to drain threes against you. Joel Embiid takes three threes per game. Not a lot, but he's shooting 40%, 39% from deep. That's a very good number. And he's like hitting step backs and things too. Like you really can't guard him. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is taking six threes per game and he shoots 39%. All of those are in- incredible numbers. For his career, Towns is a 40% shooter from deep. He's been really good. So adding something like that, I think, would really open up the Pelicans' offense, more so than they already are. It's a really good offense right now. It's a historically good offense since they've gone to Point Zion. So this is not something that they need to, to do right now, but in the future certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. Why I'm not saying a mid-range game, and I, I'm assuming this kind of means like a Brandon Ingram in-between kind of game, right? Dribble drive, oh, they've walled off the rim. Let me just pull up and shoot from you know 15 to 10 feet, somewhere in that range. That shot is really not efficient because it's significantly easier to block than it is on a three-point shot you're just closer to guys you there's maybe a big there if they time it well they can block that shot and Zion not being the tallest guy and not having quite the same level of elevation as say a guard does taking that shot I think that definitely means he'd run into some trouble with that and so the three-point shot safer it's worth more points too that's always a good thing and important so that's the reason why I think him developing a three-point shot would be great it's going to completely prevent teams from playing a zone against you and sagging off of him like that you want to wall off the rim he'll just drain threes you know I think that's a good a good type of player to develop into so that's what I'd like to see him maybe work on next over this offseason so we'll get into some draft talk here in just a minute. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Delicious flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond, cheesecake, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, salted caramel. I could go on and on and on. I eat one of these things every single day. My co-host on the Lockdown NBA show on Wednesdays, John Corrales. Also eats one every single day, whether it's for breakfast or lunch, before or after a workout. These things are great. If you're eating a protein bar, you may as well eat the delicious one and not the one that just makes you kind of cringe and hold your nose as you eat it. These things are soft. They're easy to chew. They're not dry. They're not chalky. And they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to have no idea you're eating something healthy for you. They're great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight. They have some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. You got to give them a try. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15 percent off your next order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com so i had to bump the live locker room chat we were going to do yesterday may do it over the weekend so stay tuned just for a saturday or sunday quick little 30 minute pelicans chat have some fun with you guys in there and maybe try and put some of it into the show those have been a lot of fun but tech issues on my part yesterday i had to cancel that one but we'll do it again we'll make up for it i promise so i want to look at the pelicans draft coming up because I posted it on Twitter and I, and I did a segment on the show here, right? Like, should the team tank 
or not. And by tank, I don't mean like trying to outright lose games. You're not going to do that when you have Zion Williamson or and or Brandon Ingram. But tanking in this case might be you don't rush Brandon Ingram back from injury. Maybe if something happens to Zion or whatever, you wait a little bit and you don't rush him back and you let some of these young guys get more minutes. Do you, you know, it's, it probably makes more sense. More Kyra instead of more Eric Bledsoe. More Jackson Hayes instead of Steven Adams. And just not bringing guys back that, uh, that quick from injury. I think that's kind of how you do a tank at this point right now, especially this late in the season with about a third of it or so left to go. So if they do that, they they massively improve, can improve their draft status. Right now, where the Pelicans are isn't the greatest spot. They're going to be sitting at 10th, at least right now. They have a 14% chance at the top four over at a top four pick. It's a good draft. It's not the most exciting draft after a certain point. I do think it tends to drop off a little bit after eight or so. So being in that 10th spot, you're starting to look at guys that aren't as exciting as, you know, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, or some of the other top names that are out there. And I think that's not necessarily where you want to be. If, if you lose a little bit and you can get into seven, you're looking at a significantly better chance at a top four pick, but I think you're still kind of in that first tier of guys that look like they're going to be available to you in this upcoming draft. The seventh worst odds has basically a 30% chance at a top four pick. Right now, if you go by the ringer, the Pelicans have a 30% chance to get into the play-in. Would you rather have 30% chance at a top four pick or 30% chance at the play-in to then maybe not get into the playoffs? And if you do, those two home games are nice, but you're going to get bounced out in the first round by the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns. You know, let's not pretend here. It, it seems like maybe playing the long game and just accumulating more talent and really good talent in this year's NBA draft might be a better way to go. But when it comes to the other picks they might have, could they do something with those? Not as much. So I had someone ask me, you know, it looks like the Lakers pick could be kind of good. The Lakers without Anthony Davis, without LeBron James right now, are struggling a little bit. They're the fifth seed in the Western Conference. They've been really inconsistent their past 10 games or so. You know, they had a four-game losing streak. They're four and three in their last seven. Nothing particularly great for them. They're just trying to tread water to get into the playoffs, get in healthy, and try and make their run knowing that they're one of the better teams and their record doesn't show where they are. But here's the thing. Say say they get in as a six seed, right? And you're looking in the, in the draft lottery set, you know, after, after the lottery, it's set based on your regular season record. Would the Pelicans get that Lakers pick? They actually wouldn't. So you're not actually looking at maybe the 20th overall pick from the Lakers coming in, which is where it could land. Right now it's 23. It's not nearly as bad as 30, right? Or 29. It's at least a little bit more, uh, looking better there. But the thing is that pick would defer to 2022 because it's protected 8 through 30. It's like a reverse protection on it. The Pelicans didn't want it this year if it was going to be late 20s, you know, mid 20s, something like that. They wanted it if it's top pick, if something were to have happened to the Lakers, which we knew wasn't going to be the case. But this pick defers until next season. So they're not going to get that Lakers 2021 first round pick that right now actually might be the best of the bunch that they're going to have in the foreseeable future because of the injuries that they're dealing with. So it puts a little bit more of a damper, I think, on the Pelicans potential draft. 
because they're not going to get a a decent enough Lakers pick. They're not going to necessarily, you know, they're, they're likely to slot in a 10 or even worse than that. Technically, that's not a great spot to necessarily be in in this draft I don't know if you know uh, even if you had the 20th overall pick could you package that and tend to move up a little bit maybe but maybe not so this is one of those things where what's most important to you as a fan I get wanting to win and I'm not saying either way you know I think it's an interesting question to ask when you start to look at how the draft is shaping up for New Orleans and where they might fall in the draft order so we'll get into tonight's game here in just a minute. But before we get to that, Bet Online is today's sponsor. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts all right it's a game day here in new orleans as the pelicans take on the philadelphia 76ers the second best record in the east 76ers who i've been watching a good bit of recently they're a really good team really good defensively new orleans might struggle in this one we don't have updates on brandon ingram or kyra lewis jr just yet um but this game is going to come down to how they defend zion williamson i think that could be a bit of trouble he hasn't really faced a duo like ben simmons and joel Embiid. you have joel Embiid in his rim protection and my god is he just a monster down low and then you have ben simmons who's actually maybe capable of guarding him on the perimeter and slowing him down to a certain degree. So I'm going to be really curious to see how they defend him. Do they throw Ben Simmons on him and try and funnel him to a degree or slow him down towards Embiid? And does it allow them, if they're able to kind of contain him like that, does it allow the Philadelphia 76ers to stay home on Pelicans three-point shooters and other perimeter guys? I This is like a really intriguing game to me because I'm really not sure how this one may go and I'm excited to be able to watch Zion battle both of these guys the Philadelphia 76ers their defense is legitimate like really really good watch the way they move and you're gonna look at this and be like New Orleans just can't get there with some of the guys they have I think they they move as one unit you know it's it's the idea of every defender connected by a string so when one moves other guys need to move because you're kind of pulling each other and you cover those spots they do that so unbelievably well, so disciplined, knowing what they're doing, they get back on defense too, and are incredible when it comes to help defense and rotations and all of that. It's just, you know, well-coached team by Doc Rivers as well, who has these guys working very, very efficiently. For New Orleans on the defensive side of the ball, the Philadelphia 76ers don't take a ton of threes, which given what happened in Atlanta, given what happened in Brooklyn, it's probably a good thing. You know, the 76ers take under 33s per game. They shoot them around middle of the pack. That's been a real big problem for New Orleans. But when you've got a guy who can drive in Ben Simmons, you know, it's not so much that they they don't close out well on shooters and, and they struggle with it, right? Like they try and fight through screens, they die on screens, and it just creates some space. But it's when they're in chaos mode after a guy dribble drives and attacks and penetrates the defense that they don't, they're scrambling, don't know where to go. I'm worried you might see more of that and it's going to lead to open threes. And you know what? At that point, Philadelphia's probably going to make them because it's how it goes. But at least there's a chance that if they don't like to shoot threes, they want to kind of pound it inside. 
you know what? Maybe it's nice to not have a team bomb away from you. And if you don't give up another record number of three-pointers, maybe that's a moral victory in a way. But I'm not really expecting New Orleans to win this one. I think they're in a bit of a funk right now. You've got guys who are really good players in uh, Tobias Harris and Bede and Ben Simmons on the Sixers team. But it's going to be fun to watch those guys play at the very least. So enjoy the game tonight. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. This week of Locked On Pelicans might do a quick locker room over the weekend. Stay tuned for that. I'll tweet it all out um, well in advance of us doing that. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.